Welcome to Porsche Pattern with Bracken Helms, the show where we hear Bracken and his distinguished guests from the Porsche community patter on about Porsches and all things automotive. Porsche Patter is sponsored by Circuit 64. Circuit 64 creates authentic automotive apparel made for like-minded automotive enthusiasts. The links for Circuit 64 are in the show notes. Okay, let's get to it. John Benton, Part 4. In this one, John talks about some of his cars in his past. He also talks about some of his preferences with other cars. And he even dives into a little modern Mopar romance he had. (laughs) Anyway, here's part four. So every time I see you, that single cab seems to be with you. So you, what did you say? It was like you just found it one day in like the dirt or something. You had to like pull it out or. Yeah. So the single cab belongs to belong. Okay. So I knew about. What engines in it? You still just got like the base engine. Well, I did, but now it has a 1641 in it with a single carb. Nothing to write home about. It might make 60 horsepower. It won't blow up, so I just keep going. You know? It will eventually because that's how I treat it. But it's not abuse. Uh, it's part of the family for sure. I love that thing. It's it's not a power high. I put some wood wood brakes on the front with drop spindles and you know drop the ass end. I actually like it better when it's stock because you can go over railroad tracks a million miles an hour and take it in the snow and everything else. But at speed on the freeway, it's just unwieldy. So I decided to like oh, to hell with it all. It's not done perfectly. I did it in a big hurry, like in a weekend. So it, that happens a lot with my own personal shit. But the single cab is an expression of, look, this is how it is. I'm not painting it, not restoring it. I'll maintain it. How do you keep the past alive and not get burnt out? Well, um, understanding that life is cy- cyclical and understanding that things transpire for not just me, but for my clients, for suppliers, you know, for every, even the people in the shop. You can't get lost in that. You just can't. Uh, you know, and I've been through some cycles where clients were really shitty to me. And that's a, and what happens is, here's what happens. In the middle of being really challenged, you know, like when I first moved here, super leveraged and trying to put the pieces together. At the same time, I get the client from hell. Like the, and the absolute, like, it was a, it was a test. It was a fucking test that I either had to get through or like capitulate. First of all, I don't go to a lot. I I don't socialize as much as I'd like because for me, that's a big part of what I do. I love that aspect. I love sharing, hanging out, doing stuff. doesn't mean I'm going to give them a free fucking motor because we had a conversation. But what it means is ask me a question, I'll answer it, you know. And I love to joke around and I'm playful and fun. If there's a dark cloud motherfucker that wants to rain on that, right? I shut it down now. It's like, get the fuck out. I, I, I will switch from, hey, how's it going? To get the fuck out. I don't have time for it. I'm starting to feel my mortality. You know, I've lost a lot of good friends in the last year. Really tight, close friends. If you want to come mow me down or talk shit, have at it. But I'm not going to be kind to you. I really like to give and, and share at a high level, no matter what it is. But I'm also a mirror. What you give me, I'll give back. So be ready for that. You know, I don't want to be an asshole. But if you're an asshole to me, I'll escalate. <laughs> But at some point, I'll just turn my back because I don't have energy for that. Yeah. You seem to be doing a um, good job with social media. Do you take um, you take most of the pictures? Because some of them are pretty artsy. So what I was going to ask you is, do you consider yourself artsy? Yes. I do like to take pictures, and I'm kind of good at it, I guess. I talked to you about me being a wheel of dealer. 
I wheeled and dealed, and one of my buddies got a graduation present from junior high. It was an 81 program, Canon, with a 51.8 lens, lens that came with it. I traded him something for it. Fuck, I love that camera. I love that fucking camera. I took it all over the world. It was funny because I, I just was really into photography. I had Coke and filters of every style. I had an MA drive that cost a fucking fortune for that thing to get down to four and a half frames per second, you know, and had some good lenses, like pro lenses. And so, yes, I like to be artsy fucking fartsy. What cool cars have you owned? Well, it's like girls. I still love every girl I ever kissed and every car I ever owned. I still love it. And I still think about it. And I even have dreams about shit where I have my Gia or my Camaro or my Alpha. It hasn't happened in a little while, but I used to happen quite often. And I'd wake up so bummed because I didn't want to wake up. Yeah. I literally, and I, the, my dream, my dreams are so vivid when I'm in them. And I, man, I'm in my Camaro and I put in that star shifter at first and rip into the gears. And I, it feels amazing. It's shiny and red and interior's all bitching just so I remember it. And you wake up and it's a total mind fuck. I had a, a 59 Alpha Julieta Sprint. That fucking car was amazing. It's a really cool car. And I miss it. I miss it all the time. And I didn't want to sell it. I didn't take care of my storage and the guy that had the storage sold the car without my permission. Some bullshit. I lost that car and I lost my Moto Guzzi. I had a 69 Moto Guzzi, six, uh, 650 in it. Fucking, uh, that thing was awesome. Retired police bike, LAPD. I got it at an auction. And if I had that thing now, I'd ride it every fucking day. Viciously wonderful bike. So what's your favorite car you've owned? Well, mine 12. I mean, it's the favorite. Any you regret selling? Every fucking single one. <laughs> if you could have any car today, what would it be? Well, I, I always dream of having a 904, but any of the seminal 60s creations that Porsche made that were the first uh, tubular or fishbone, like any of the early glass cars that Porsche made, I just would love to have one of those. Like Any of them. 906, 910. Oh, fuck yeah. Bring it. I, that would be like the ultimate. I mean, think about it, man. It's Even if it's not competitive in today's world, just having that raw experience, you got to be on your A game. Driving, not, maybe not a 904 per se, because that was a well-balanced car. It wasn't overpowered. So for me, that that's like the chip on the shoulder guy coming out, little giant killer. Imagine Targa Florio, first, second, and third. In three 904s, little tiny, just elegant little machine. Super fucking simple. Things kind of got out of hand later on, but then ramp up and think about, think about driving a, a short wheel bit, like the short little 917. The closing speeds must have been just stupid. Like you go from a, a regular, you know, car that's got enough power and carries speed and it, the inputs feel right and it carries speed well. Now you're in a machine that when you, get into it, the closing speeds get really, really like interesting and setting up for turns. You have much less time. I'm not a pro driver. I mean, maybe I could have been at some point, but that wasn't my focus, but I know what it's like to be in a super fucking fast car. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that I had a hot rod Chrysler in the two thousands. So I had, I had one of the first SRT eight three hundreds in the States. It was built for Jerry Springer and I got it. And the first thing I did was rip it a fucking new asshole. So within six months, it was supercharged. The tranny had been modified. I had a 
Michael Quaife sent me a diff. So I had a, a real positive traction instead of the computer applied brake traction. Bullshit. Yeah, I supercharged and I had 700 horsepower. I took it out to Cal Speedway and ran an 1188 at 120 something miles an hour. And How did you decide on that car? I mean, it seems completely. It is. And it was cool. I mean, even if you would have said it was a Chevrolet, I'd have been like, oh, he's yeah. a Chevrolet guy. But some Mopar, a modern Mopar, just seems a little. Yeah, it's, it's, it's juxtaposed to everything I'm about. But what happened was, uh, it just fucking, like, I like cool shit that's cool to me. So when I went to LA Auto Show and they had that Magnum wagon up on that display, I was with a buddy of mine and he fucking, we both were like, oh my God. Chrysler's fucking stepping up. Because nobody had anything worth a shit. I mean, I, nothing really turned my dials at all. Well, fuck, man. That Magnum was spinning around on there. And then when I saw an article on the SRT8 program, and, you know, Mercedes had bought Chrysler. And basically, because Mercedes is a fucking powerhouse. They built bitch and shit. I mean, if I really would have looked in 04 and I wanted something plush and hauled ass, it might have been something that you would never dream of. And, for me, it may have been a Cadillac or a Mercedes, you know. I thought they were building bitch and shit that had substance underneath them. So you got this like E-class Mercedes, but with an American attitude. I was like, oh my God, my head exploded. And then I actually got had a business for a while. I had a partnership with a guy. And we were building some of the fastest Chrysler machines on the planet for a couple of years. But he was a total shyster fucking dickhead. So now it's embarrassing saying I was part of GS. I was the vice president of GS Motorsports. So if you go back and look at some old GS Motorsports shit from back 2004, 5, 6, when I was involved, it was pretty rad. But then it turned into, culturally, it was bereft. There was nothing. It's just about making money and being a badass and this and that. And then the culture that was associated with that. I'm not a Raider fan, so I can't drive the fucking cars. I'm sorry. I had to bail out of it. And I sold the car to kind of start this, too. What do you, Wait, what do you mean you're not... I'm not... I don't have any tattoos. Oh, I get what you're I'm saying. I'm not a flat biller. I'm not going to walk around. Like, I don't ride Harleys. I'm not that guy. I'm who I am. If I need to have toughness, I'll get it out. I don't have to walk around like this all the fucking time. And so what... See, that, yeah, when you first brought up the 300, uh, I was thinking to myself, like... Yeah, when they first came out, it was like the cats me out. But you see them now, and it's just like... It's embarrassing. Yeah, all the people that drive them seem to be all the same genre. Exactly. And I didn't fit the groove. Not the, and I didn't build a car. See, I had, because I had connections with KW and Michael Quaife, and I built arguably one of the first bitchin' 300 SRT8s that wasn't like a fucking cartoon. It had stance. I had the first set of KW V3s on a Chrysler 300. I had one of the first T-Rex grills. I had a lot of neat shit because I was there at the right time and could express myself at SEMA and walk, hey, I heard you guys were racing one of these at the Target Tasmania. I mean, what the fuck? And Mike Quaife yeah, I built this for him. So I actually got in trouble. I had two guys from corporate, from Chrysler, with briefcases and legal notices telling me, we want that diff immediately. We're not leaving till we get it. And I put my Chrysler up on a lift, took the diff apart, and gave it to him. Michael Quaife gave it to me to play with. Well, it belonged to Chrysler. If you ever hear Quaife Differential, it's a guy in England who invented it. So the only guy who had a decent diff for a 901 other than ZF, which was a factory one, was Quaife. So he made a diff for a Chrysler that would fit in that fucking pumpkin. 
And I had one, and it belonged to Chrysler, and they wanted it back. So he sent me another one. But for a couple of weeks, I didn't have a car because it took the fucking default parts. They were being dickheads. Instead of, saying, instead of saying pay for it, which I gladly would have, they said, no, that's a serialized Skunk Works part. It's not for sale. It was a legal bullshit thing. Like, you can't have that. What is the next fun car you could see yourself owning? Well, I want to build a race car again. And I have a chassis next door. It's already caged and ready to go. So I, I want to build another race car. It's a 67 912 chassis. But in, in, instead of compromising and building a car I can have on the street and race, I want to build a purpose-built, like, fucking get out there and see if I can shake the cobwebs off. Okay. Air-cooled versus water-cooled. So much easier to build a fast water-cooled car. It's too okay. easy. There's a place for everyone and everything under the sun. So you have a lot of fun. Like, little rivalries are fun. It's, what's, it's what drives us, right? Well, me anyways, maybe you. But it's like a Nicky Lotta and James Hunt. You know, those guys probably actually love each other at some level. But they fucking drove each other crazy. And because of that, the level of competition and development and everything else associated with their little rivalry made, every, made it better for everyone. 1976, if, if you could build a time machine, the one year I want to go back to over and over and over again in my head is 1976. Okay, well, that's actually one of my questions. Uh, PDK or manual? Oh, for Christ's sake. Fa- favorite air-cooled? Favorite air-cooled? Yeah. 36-horse Volkswagen. Fucking just, like, ridiculous. Little tiny lump, travel the world in it. Favorite water-cooled? Small block Chevy. What about Porsche? Why? <laughs> what do you like about air- the air-cooled cars? Simplicity. What do you like about the water-cooled cars? I, I really have no love for that. I, I, I wish there was a way to get Porsche to build a modern air-cooled car. I, I know why they don't do it, but the reason I'm into this so deep is because I like the era. Okay, if you went into a Porsche dealership today, had to buy a new car, uh, new car what would you get? Uh, probably the uh, GT4. My brother has a GT4. Yeah, I think it's fucking awesome. What model series Porsche is your favorite? Well, the 912 series, because it incorporates the heart of the, the car that made them a name and propelled them into the spotlight, which is a 356, 616 motor with a 900 series chassis. And it's the best of both worlds. It's simple, it's light, um, it's maintainable. Despite whatever he says, you can absolutely drive one of those things every goddamn day. In fact, that's the secret. If you buy it and park it, you might as well don't do this. Don't even start. It has to be used or it turns to shit. It's made out of stuff that goes bad if you don't use it. And it's not a Honda where you have tolerances that are so goddamn tight and ball bearings everywhere and needle bearings and precision this and that. It's not that. That is a living, breathing animal. And those motors grow and move and contort. And uh, they have to be used in order for them to, to survive. Okay, favorite driving route? You know, it just depends what mood you're in and what you do. I mean, and a lot of the routes that are my favorites, I can't do anymore because population makeup of the city's changed. I mean, you can't fucking have fun. Glendora Mountain Road is like fucking absurd. It's so fun, whether it's a motorcycle or a car. But I haven't been up there in a while because it's frustrating. It's like Mulholland, you know, like. It's, I don't know how to explain it. You, you can't go back. 
there's so many people and shit and dumb people. I mean, it's a, it's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. Favorite auto publication. We have subscriptions to uh, some of the 9-11 magazines. We have Panorama, the club, all the club stuff. Um, Triple zero. Well, okay, that'll be my that would be my favorite because it's the highest fucking quality. Letting Pete Stout go unleashed. So you answered. I mean, I, I mean that's the obvious answer, and it's, it would be truthful. He and I butt heads all the fucking time, though. SC <laughs> versus Carrera three point two. Oh, that's fucking tough. They both have merit, but yeah. driving. Because I mean, you got some people that don't know that always just assume the later. And they both existed in troubling times for Porsche, but they're both exceptional cars. 915 or G50? Oh, for Christ's sake. Again, the myth of the G50. They're really strong trannies, but you could build a 915 to do whatever you fucking want. I brought that question up years ago, like when I was still with like my little newsletter and I was kind of, because it was, I mean, I had the 85 and it was like, my dad told me, Buy whichever car, whatever car you come across, buy it. Who gives a shit what transmission is? Yeah. And he's all, if we're really going to break it down, the 915 is going to bring you back to that time a little bit more. So I don't know why these magazines are all of a sudden all on this whole, you got to buy the G50, buy 87 or, old, or newer. Uh, no, no. Uh, the answer to the question is learn how to fucking drive. <laughs> 964 or 993? Oh, 964 all fucking day long. Okay. Favorite RS car. Uh, RS America. I love that fucking car. Out of all of them, rather than like a normal RS 64 or 73 RS? No, I mean, having driven all those cars, I fucking love driving RS America. It's, it's made for our market, so it's like a spoiled thing. It was an answer to us saying, what the fuck? Yeah. You guys are building 964 lightweights and shit. We don't get anything. Yeah. So because Porsche went to the trouble of making that car, and because it actually is a really fun fucking car, you make a few mods to it, it's so much fucking fun. Okay, so we talked about 904, so I'd really like to have that for a lot of reasons. But in a modern era, just a street car, if I could have any fucking car, I'd love to have an RS America, white, no sunroof, as many deletes as possible, black interior. Fucking absolute dream car. I'd love to have that car. And I'm fortunate enough to work on a car that's just like that for one of my clients. And I had that thing up to a buck fifty-five when we got done with it last time. Super fucking stable. Looks so goddamn good. I, I love that car. I really love that car. Yeah, I my dad had two of them when I was like in junior high, high school. I remember checking me out to go like pick it up, deliver it to the truck, whatever. It happened two different times. One was white, I think the other one was red. Ultimately, I really like them. I mean, I, I've let three cars fall through my fingers that I yeah. really regret not buying. Yeah. One was an 88 Club Sport. With like 20,000 miles on it. It was so stunning. It was blue with the gray graphics and shit on it. And it, it was just so perfect. And a joy to drive. Fucking joy to drive. Like, I'm like, I'm kind of a weirdo because I can jump in a car like that and I won't do a fucking thing to it other than maintain it. Because if you can drive, you can make that car do anything. The other car was an RS America, like what I'm describing. It was red, though. I, I don't have a problem with red. But it was available at a good price and I, I fucking screwed the pooch and I should have got it. The last one was uh, a GT3. So I had an opportunity to, this guy, just distress sale. I'm like, fuck, dude, just give me this money and you can have the car. And at the time, I had some dough and I could have fucking pulled it off. And I had driven that car a couple times. It's fucking stunning, you know? 
did everything I wanted to do. And I let those cars like, what, just, was, what was the GT3? 996, 997, what year? Oh, it was, uh, 2007. Oh, so it was the first 9971. It was a fucking nice car. White with black interior, like God intended. And, and, uh, I could have got it for like 70 G's, you know? And I was like, fuck. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, comment, like, and share with your friends. Feel free to send questions or suggestions to the email in the description of the show. Special thanks to our sponsor, Circuit 64. Goodbye for now. We hope we can get together again for our next episode. Now get out there and enjoy the cars and the people.